Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. Amen. Uh, We're going to go ahead and continue in the book of Acts. Uh, What we're going to be talking about today is kingdom business. Kingdom business partnerships. Kingdom business partnerships. You can go to the next slide there. Uh, You can go ahead and log on because uh, we've been talking about everyone, every day, everywhere. And uh, last week, Pastor Angel did a great job discussing the importance of assignments. Assignments, partnering with the Holy Spirit. Uh, He also talked about Lydia and all that uh, went through in her life and how Paul and his team met her. And I do want to say thank you, Angel. You did a tremendous job last week, brother, uh, helping us to understand the importance of assignment. And even throughout this whole series, as we look at the book of Acts. So my question is, have you been inspired by this time? Okay, maybe two two or three people have, but... Uh, We chose the book of Acts to help us to prepare as we uh, understand better God's calling, God's mission. And I know, um, first of all, I know we are a little down, so we got to take a moment, look at each other, say good morning. As Angel said, go ahead and give that hug now. Now, just hug each other and let everybody know it's going to be all right. Uh, One of the challenges, and uh, I'm going to talk. For those of you all who don't know me, uh, I have been a disciple of Jesus since 1985. So I've read my Bible, gone to church, gone to Bible discussions. Uh, I have been trained in the ministry along with my beautiful wife since 1990. We've been doing a full-time ministry. And uh, I have been a professional educator for about the last 20 years. Uh, teach history, teach history at Morehouse. So I've done a lot, a lot of research. And um, when I finished up my doctoral degree, I wanted to take all those years of learning and experience, and um, I wrote a dissertation on church and public school partnerships. So today when I'm I'm talking, I'm really, I want to help set the frame as to why we do what we do and what I pray we will continue to do moving forward. Because I think sometimes it's easy to be in a church and not understand what the end game is, what we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, ultimately, you know, we do a lot of cheering when this happens. And and we love it to see baptisms and we, we celebrate. But then we mourn when the person goes to heaven. We, we get depressed. But the goal is that's why we baptize them so that we can all spend eternity with God. And what we face over and over is the culture that we live in. You know, anytime someone passes away, it's so sad and it's depressing and, oh, it was horrible. Did you hear the tragic news for a Christian? That's a promotion. For a Christian, that's a step up. And and the challenge is, and I know I wrestle with it too, we're so tied to this world. We love this world. We, we, we love those soggy burgers from McDonald's. We love sitting in traffic. We love paying high utility bills. 
We love watching crazy politicians, and we're like, I'm going to miss this crazy world. All right, let's go ahead. What, what we're doing now, uh, we're preparing for, can you believe it, 2024? We are preparing. So as a staff, we're praying, we're figuring out what we're going to do as we move into another year with our congregation. And personally, I like as a, a, a pastor to work in the fall to get ready for the new year. So we're not scrambling in the new year trying to figure out what we can do for the rest of the year. So I just need to do a little research here, okay? So um, take this poll real quick. Take this poll real quick. We're trying to figure out uh, where we are in our demographic, where we are in our demographic. So, um, and, and this will make more sense as we continue on. There are only two choices. And that's another sermon for another day. Okay, one, one thing that uh, you will notice about this congregation, we have something unique. We have men who come to church. And they don't just come, but they're engaged. They're involved. So uh, this is a phenomenon to go to a church where that many men are in church. All right, so that's one of the things I want us to understand because, like I say, the more we understand what we're part of, it helps us to understand where we're going. Okay, I got one more slide. I got one more slide. I need, okay, I want to also better understand who's in the fellowship. Who's in the fellowship? So the question is, how do we build unity with a diverse and varied group of people? Diversity. Oh, wow. Okay. Diversity is not just skin tone. Because I think so many times, you know, we let the world set the tone and we think diversity is color. But as you can look at this, we have a, we have about the same ratio male-female, now we have these different age groups. And we're always constantly figuring out what is going to best meet the needs of this congregation. How do we build unity? And you know, that's what Paul was so masterful at. Paul was very masterful at not just doing the job by himself, but getting a group. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul said, I pray with joy because of your partnership. So, you know, um, in the New Testament, Paul really imitated what he saw Jesus do. He just carried on the same mission of Jesus. We had a visual during our welcome with our brother and sisters up here saying, we work together to help our sister Natalie finish the race. Not just to come to church. That's step one. Amen. We get them to church. Not just to study the Bible. That's step two. Where we are weak as a fellowship is follow through after baptism. That's what, but in order for that to change, see, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the first one to repent and let you know what I've been doing as I study the Bible with guys. I've been spending a lot of time following up. 
sending out scriptures, setting up a point. They're already members of the church, but I want to know, how are you doing? We have Monday night with the military brothers, and we've been getting together, and we're still studying the Bible because the goal has got, we got to move the goal line. I think we love the celebratory what happens at baptism, but now the goal is let's help each other get it to heaven. How is that going to happen? Through partnerships. Through partnerships. The word partnership is a well-known Greek word, kodonea, often translated fellowship. A sharing in something, participating in something divine and eternal. We're building an eternal team for God. It's something greater that we can do by ourselves. Now, we live in America. We've been influenced by the Western world. In the Western world, we read the scriptures through cultural biases, traditional biases. As, been as, as Americans, we've been conditioned to look at life from a corporate mindset, a pyramid structure. And we look at church the same way. In a lot of churches, everything's about the guy on top. Even now, they walk in, and they're like, um, who's the lead pastor? <laughs> How many conversations? We've even stopped trying to explain it. Wait a minute, because in most circles, the oldest guy is the lead dog. He's in charge. Oh, and don't let the oldest white guy be in the room. Because we've been conditioned. He's in charge. That's how, oh, I'm gone. I'm, I'm by that. And you know what we got to look at, guys? That's not how Jesus built the church. That's not how the church was built. You know how Jesus built his ministry? This is what he did. You can put up that next slide. Jesus said, you're to call no man rabbi or teacher you're all brothers. You're all family. You're to serve one another. And Jesus set that example. Paul continued that example. Why am I belaboring this point? If you come from a traditional church background, you're used to the preacher. You're used to the one guy with a bunch of ladies doing the work of God. And you may have a few guys there and they're sleeping and a bunch of kids. Now, in the phenomenon, a phenomenon that occurred in the 90s, the terminology first lady came about. I grew up in the 70s and 80s in the Baptist church. There was no first lady. But then it was like, oh, first lady. So now we're giving other, another person, putting them at the top of the pyramid, and it's his job and her job to take care of the church. If you come out of the ICOC churches, Churches of Christ background, when it comes to leadership, I should have had little guys boxing because it starts, everybody starts jockeying for position. Everybody starts fighting. You're in a circle, but who's the most in the circle? Who's the most spiritual in the circle? And then it's going back and forth. And then if you come from an unchurched background, Unchurched, I mean, you don't go, never went to church and you stumbled on the path, you struggle with individualism. And it's like, I will go as long as it fits what I need. And I'll do what I think is best. And if I still want to smoke, I'm a smoker. I still want to cuss, I'm a cuss. If I still want to drink, y'all just need to be happy I'm here. 
So we got all these people here today in the room. You fit in one of those categories, and it's a constant reminder. It's not anything different than what Paul had to deal with in those early churches. So what is the constant reminder? How do we bring glory to God? That, that's why we're here, to bring glory to God. Oftentimes, we hear about the, the ministry of Paul, 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 Paul. Paul didn't do it by himself. As Angel shared last week, he, and, he got a vision, and he and the brothers went to a place of prayer. And that's where they met Lydia. And, you know, Paul was able to motivate people, to inspire people to join the mission. If you look over in Acts chapter 18, in Acts chapter 18, in verses 1 through 4, after this, Paul left Athens, went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. So here this man is and his wife, they're there, they're living their lives, and a tragedy happens, and they have to start all over again. Can you imagine going home one day, and the next day your home does not exist? Talk to the Alexanders about that. They were in New Orleans when Katrina hit. Roland will tell you it was the day before his most beautiful day. They had just bought furniture. They were setting up their lives, and lo and behold, they left and never went back. They had to start all over again. Now, some of us get depressed. We got a flat tire. We're struggling when we run out of the, our favorite food. They had to start their lives all over again. And in the midst of it, God was working. And the Alexanders have become heroes in this church because they didn't stop. Now, there were hiccups along the way. And uh, we'll let Catrice preach that sermon one day. <laughs> Woo, don't mess with a woman from New Orleans. That's all I got to say. Mm -mm. Paul met a couple, and they became spiritual and business partners. That's what happened. They were working. They were, um, it says right here, Paul went to see them because he was a tent maker as they were. He stayed and worked with them. They had a business going. So Paul was there, probably like a construction business, because people lived in tents and all. As Paul was there, you know, he said, you know, it's about Jesus. I know you all are religious. Hey, but we're here. It's about Jesus. And they, they listened. So Paul just didn't take Aquila aside and say, come on, brother, let's talk about Jesus. It says his wife was there with him. In fact, the sister was working hard, working with leather. She wasn't just sitting home baking cookies. She was working side by side with her husband. Guess where we're going with that one, brothers and sisters? Working together. They invited Paul in. Paul followed Jesus' example because Jesus always developed a spiritual and financial team for moral support. He opened the door for women to have a prominent role in the ministry. And, you know, what we discussed... Um, in our eldership about a couple of months back, we talked about just how we see our sisters, how we see our sisters. And I was inspired by the mature men in this church and how we see our sisters. And I want to share some of that. If you go to the next slide there, it says in Acts chapter 18, 18 through 22, Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time, then he left the brothers 
and sisters and, and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Now, wait a minute. Paul was there in Corinth. Paul said, we're working. Paul said, the Spirit has called me to move on. I got to go. Hey, guys, I got a good idea. Won't you go on a mission team with me? Come on, Aquila, let's go. No, no, no. It was Priscilla and her husband. And they went with Paul. They had just started over. Now they're going somewhere else. And then it says in verse 19, they arrived at Ephesus where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. And he went on synagogue. So, so Paul said, I got a good idea. They're having dinner. We're going to go over here. So they said, okay, you know, we just started this business, but okay, Brother Paul. So then Paul gets over and says, you know what? I got another good idea. Y'all stay here, and I'm going to keep on moving because the Spirit has something for me to do. Now, they needed to be unified. In our culture, we like the jockey. Who's in charge? Who did Paul leave in charge? Quilla was like, I'm in charge, Priscilla. I'm leading this two-man team. Priscilla said, nope, I'm in charge, Paul. You know, as Americans, we're always fighting each other. What is this thing with male and female challenging each other? Why, why do we always got to be at odds? Who's the better? Who's the strongest? Who's the smartest? Can't, we need each other to survive. I mean, life is so expensive. We need each other. <laughs> Not trying to figure out who's better than the other one. Oh, my gosh. See, when Jesus is Lord, he's Lord over our souls, our schedules, and our salaries. Proverbs 3, 5, you got to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind. Got to love him. You know, Matthew 6, 33, you got to seek first the kingdom. That's why I say kingdom business. And it says in Matthew 6, you cannot serve two masters. Now, I know we're in this culture of working hard. And I've noticed some of our sisters are working harder than brothers. These jobs got y'all working. Some ladies are working around the clock. It's amazing. I've been, I've, I've been in this job long enough to see the culture change. And, you know, at one point in time, it was like guys hardly came to church because they were working all the time. And it was the ladies who were in the forefront. I remember we had so many single moms in New York and women who were married to Christians, husbands who were not Christians. That was a whole ministry. And now it's flipping. And a lot of guys are coming to church. Guys are coming to church and their wives are so busy trying to figure out how I'm going to do my part, how we're going to survive. You know, Priscilla figured it out. She figured it out. She worked hard. They were in business together, but they also were in ministry together. We believe in, you can go to the next slide, complementarian ministry style. That means it's not who's the best, who's the smartest. It's like, how can we work together? I'm very grateful my number one partner has been my partner for life for 33 years, and we have worked side by side in ministry the same way. 
And it's not anything we came up with. Number one, this is a biblical model. No matter where you come from in your religious walk, a biblical model is with two people working side by side, a married couple. It is a very biblical model. They are named at least six times in the New Testament, and they are always together. Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila. Oh, in this Western culture, why is the woman's name first? Mm, Something to study out. Something to study out. What does that mean? What does that mean? What role do women have? You know, churches are splitting now, falling apart over women teaching. You all realize that's the latest phenomenon in the denominational world? Can a woman teach the word? Well, let's see what happened here. In Acts 18, Paul was gone. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. When he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained him the word of God more adequately. When both of them heard him, they're sitting in the synagogue, Apollos is going in, he's preaching, preaching, preaching. And I know how it worked, because I've been married. Priscilla like, Psst. No, wait till we get home. I know how it works. That's just to say, Psst, Aquila, did you, did you hear what he said? Yeah, I'll talk to him after. Mm-mm. Tell him to come to the house. We don't know that man. Tell him to come to the house. Okay. Hey, Apollos, great message, man. Wonderful message. My wife and I would like to have you over for dinner. We want to talk to you about your message. Now, do you think Priscilla just dipped out and disappeared? No. You're right about that, Samantha. (laughs) And together, together, together. Why, Why am I saying this? Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, we must work together. Together. My wife, like I said, is my number one partner. I love her. We have done this job together. She, you know, I can be honest, that's the way we were trained. We were trained out of New York City by a partner couple. Now, a lot of churches have a lot of drama, and you will hear the word moral failure. What that really means, the pastor had an affair. Whenever you hear that, people want to know what happened 2015 in the past. It wasn't moral failure. It was other failure. It had nothing to do with had nothing to do with me, angel. None of us had affairs. I can honestly say, as I thought and prayed about it this morning, I, I've, I've been doing this job many years. I don't have close circles of pastors who had affairs because we had a safeguard in place. We had men working with the men, the women working with the women, and I trust my sisters who are insightful enough to teach the word of God. And, and the, when we met with the elders, I said, guys, how you all feel about that? The, the women having a prominent role in the church. They said, like, yes, we need our sisters. We respect our sisters. Well, how you feel about them speaking periodically and, you know, preaching? Yes, 
we need our sisters. We respect our sisters. So you're part of a church where we, we, we just don't want to set the brothers up to be victorious. We want the entire body of Christ to be its best. Okay? And I have so much more I can say about that, but I, I'm going to have to shorten it because I know we had our memorial service. For, for those of you who say, well, I'm not married. How do I fit into this? Number one, if you ever get married, find somebody spiritual. You need a spiritual partner. I mean, I hope she has a great job. I hope he has a lot of money in the bank. But I hope they are spiritual. And we have mature people in this room. And um, we're going to have a, a mature singles mixer. You have to be 45 to come. 45 and over. Ah. But we want to encourage everybody to start thinking spiritually about that significant other. Single people, single people, younger single people, you got to have a counterpart when you do your ministry. Single brothers, it's not wise for you to do all the ministering to the young single woman. It's not going to help you. You got to let her have other women in her life. Single sister, I don't want you to burden her trying to help a single man be a man. Because I tell you now, I work with guys all the time. And you know what irks a guy is when a woman says, be a man. So you saying I'm not a man? <laughs> you can go to the next slide. <laughs> Do you have a spiritual partnership in your current walk with God? Who is your partner in the gospel? I was talking to a brother this morning. He got here early. We had fellowship. I said, how are you going? Oh, I'm doing good. How's your group going? Man, we're having a good time in our group. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, people are coming. Okay. And how are you involved in the group? Huh? So, are you studying the Bible with anybody? No. You said the group's going great. So, how are you involved? I attend. Okay. So, who's your spiritual partner? I don't have one. It's okay. I said, can I call your name out in church? On uh-huh. But I ain't going to do that to him. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to him because so many of us is in the same place. We come Sundays. Now we're starting to go to mission group, but we haven't engaged. Engaged. Ministry is not knowledge, attending, learning, theory. We are a very knowledgeable church. We get a lot of information, but practical application. Practical application means that when you hear something, now you've got to figure out how to put it in practice. A great way to do that is to have a spiritual partner. Uh, Moreno said what he's doing with his football players, he's going to start battle buddies. That means every day they're talking together about how we can do better. When I was in college, we called them partners in the gospel. Who's your pig? Y'all like that term, pig? Okay. Are we going to call them battle buddies? Y'all rather go with that? Okay. 
I like, I like pig. I mean, I, I like pig. I, I got a pig at Morehouse. Kyle is my pig, boy. Boy, we, boy, we have a good time together. Another way we can have partnerships, and I'm going to send this out because I, I can't do it justice in our short time. We can have partnerships in the community. So many times churches are enclosed. They, they, they just communicate with a, a okay, let's, let me break it down. Churches are a closed community, and within that community is very enclosed, and it's like 10% of the people doing 90% of the work. It's a small group of people who are really engaged in the ministry, in the mission. That just tends to happen in the religious world. And a lot of people just observe. But as we are, oh, let me check this. Wow, spiritual partnerships, okay. Oh, this is going to be good as we make plans for the new year. We got 82 people who say they're engaged in spiritual partnerships. I love this church. Now, what can those spiritual partnerships do? Let me show you an example of what happened biblically uh, with the partnership. So the Apostle Paul was always looking for ways to partner with more people for one reason, so the gospel would continue to grow. If you go to the next slide here, study that out. Look at it, Priscilla and Aquila. They were in Rome, they were in Corinth, they were in Ephesus. Church after church after church. Paul kept talking about who they were, the church that met at their home, the church that met at their home, my co-workers in the ministry. You see these partnerships. When you find someone who's focused on the gospel, you can have tremendous impact. So that's a side note. Let's go to the next slide here. In Acts chapter 19, verse 8 through 10, then Paul went to the synagogue, preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God, but some became stubborn, rejecting his message and publicly speaking against the way. So as Paul was preaching in the synagogue, because that's where the Jews were when they gathered, he was preaching about the message, preaching about Jesus. They got mad at him, and they started calling him names. You're in a cult. Who are you? Get out of here. So Paul left and took the believers with him. Y'all don't want to be here? Bye. The work must go on. So then, had daily discussions at a lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that people throughout the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. Whoever Tyrannus was, Paul partnered with him at his school and started preaching the word. And historians say two million people heard the gospel. So him getting kicked out of the synagogue was the best thing that could happen. Where's my man? Brooks, what we've done, <clears throat> and we've had partnerships with FCA. I think that was our first partnership, FCA. And Angel Brothers went down and preached the gospel to these guys in North Clayton. Some of them became Christians, faithful to this day. So he just went in, partnered with FCA. We had a partnership with Best Academy. We've had Christians working at Best Academy. We've, had, we've seen lives transformed through our partnership with Best Academy. And our principal is here today, Dr. Timothy Jones. Raise your hand, Dr. Timothy Jones of Best Academy. And what I love about Dr. Jones, he's slick. 
He's slick, because when I'm there, he's like, I'm not Mike. I've known him 30 years. When I'm there, hey, pastor. And now everybody else is like, pastor. And, you know, one of the teachers said, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay. Brother Jones said, come on, pastor. She wanted me to pray for her. She said her mission is to be excellent in the classroom. So we went in Brother Jones' office and prayed. She asked, she initiated. So I know how he shares his faith through me, but that's okay. <laughs> long as he gets out. And our young brother here, Mike Brooks. Mike has um, done some incredible things. Mike's younger in the faith, but he has a passion for God. Grab the microphone there, Brother Brooks. Brother Brooks? Yes, how y'all doing? What is your profession? I am a... Uh uh, educator. I'm a seventh grade educator. I teach uh, seventh grade math right now. You teach seventh grade math. First of all, thank you for your service. All right. <laughs> seventh grade math. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> but what else are you doing with the young men? Um, so right now, um, this group, uh, I'm, I'm also a, uh, a mentor as well. Uh, so I started a mentorship program called Gentleman Elite um, at Sandy Springs, and we just launched our first South location uh, at Paul D. West. I'm, I'm at a school now. Um, and so, so yeah, uh, uh, I got a call this morning from Mike Patterson, from, Mr., from, from you, and uh, I need to... I need, I, need to, I need to document more, but uh, we just had our, our first meeting this past week. So uh, we got about 12, 12 kids in our south location, and in our north location, we got uh, about six right now. So. so it started with Brother Brooks, but now he's branched out. He, you have a partner. I do. I got a partner. Because you can't be in two places at the same time. Yeah, I can't. But the beauty of it is, do you realize you were being like Paul? I know. That's the beauty of it. See? Yeah. <laughs> But, but what I appreciate about this is that, what do y'all do in Gentleman Elite? Why don't you share that? Yeah, so, uh, so my goal is just to, just to give them, like, uh, a different experience because, um, like, just, I'm, just, I'm just mentoring them, teaching them how to, how to be a man, like, um, how to be a gentleman, um, first and foremost, because uh, they need it, for, for one, um, for sure. And a, a lot of the gentlemen that are in my program, they come from single-family homes, so their mother... Um, is raising them, and they don't have a, 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 con a constant male figure in their life. So I'm just giving them, like, tools, and, and I, I try to, you know, uh, bring in my brothers um, to, you know, shed light on them and uh, just give them an, an opportunity uh, at a better life. Thank you, brother. Let's encourage this brother. So my challenge for everyone in this room, if you're part of the path, if you're part of the path between now and the end of the year, find a spiritual partner. Find a battle buddy that you will commit to. The scriptures say, encourage one another every Sunday. Amen. Encourage one another at your mission groups. Boy, that's a high calling. Wow, it takes a lot of effort to text and to call somebody. Encourage one another daily. And this was written at a time before they had cards and phones. 
daily encouragement. And then my second challenge for those of you who feel like I need more of a challenge, brother, develop spiritual kingdom partnerships in the community. Go into dark places where people have written off folks and say, no, I'm going to partner with someone and bring light. They don't have to be a member of the church as long as you are doing good. Pray about it. What circles are you in that you can help somebody else to see the gospel? See, what, what Mike Brooks is doing, I don't know where it's going to go. But I tell you this, Misty was sharing with me not too long ago. He studied the Bible with a guy who was 11 years old for years and years and years. And years. Jaden ended up becoming a Christian when he got to a certain age because the seeds, the seeds. Let's stop complaining about where our society is and let's just be like. So as we take communion, which is an opportunity to reflect on the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus and to understand that he sacrificed so that we could have an opportunity to know God. And as we take that bread and drink that wine, let's rejoice that we get to have this. But let's also think about how we can share with other people. So let us not just focus on what we get to have, but how we can share it with others. Let's go to God in prayer. Father and God, we come before you right now. And God, we want to thank you so much for all the ways you work, all the ways that you, you have already set us up to win, dear God. You, you have given us a clear biblical example of how we can make a difference in this world. Thank you for the men and women in this room who have partnerships, who are partners, God. I pray for those who are searching to figure out who they will commit to spiritually. And, and I want to thank you, God, for the way this church is in the community and helping people. And I pray that more partnerships can be formed. Thank you so much, God, for the souls who have gone on to be with you. As we think about it, we can, a number of people have just moved on, God, and they got their start here, and we pray to continue to have more celebrations of people going home. We love you, Father, and we ask these prayers in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.